This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show, your ultimate destination for navigating the complexities of modern dating and relationships. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, dating coach, matchmaker, and founder of singleinthecity.ca. Tonight, we're going to talk about vetting and why it's so important to properly vet someone before you decide to engage in a relationship with them. So what does it mean to vet somebody? It means trying to figure out if they're the right fit for you. Now, it sounds simple, but it's not always that easy. And tonight, we're joined by a special guest who is going to help us explore this topic, Mark Rosenfeld of Make Him Yours, a renowned dating and relationship coach from Australia. He has an amazing accent, by the way. Uh, and he specializes in helping women face challenges while dating. He's also the author of the best-selling book, Make Him Yours, Beating the Odds of Modern Dating. We'll be diving into the important topic of vetting potential partners before entering a relationship, exploring why it's important and how to do it effectively for better success. Mark, thank you so much for joining us to chat about this today. How's it going? Oh, g'day, Laura. What a pleasure to be here. I love the show. It's such an honor to be here. I'm, I'm pumped for today's topic as well. This is such a valuable topic. And if you don't get this right, it's so, so costly. So I'm really excited to get into today. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into it because we have a lot to chat about. Let's start, Mark, with the importance of vetting a partner. Why is it so important to do while dating? Yeah, here's how I look at it, Laura. What is one of the most valuable things we have in our possession in all of life? Most valuable thing? Um, Self-love. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> Not what I was thinking of, but I love the answer. What I was referring to is time. Time is the okay. one thing we can't get back. Time is the one thing that we have the same as everybody else. We can't have more hours in a day. And it's the one thing that if we lose it in the wrong directions, in the wrong places, we're not getting that back. When I have women come to me in their 40s, 50s and 60s and they say, Mark, I really want a loving relationship. I haven't had one in my life before. It's not because they wasted time on a few bad dates. That's not where the time has gone. The time has gone to a lack of vetting, them ending up with the wrong guy and spending years or even decades in yo-yo, unfulfilling relationships that don't meet their needs. So vetting ultimately, doing it well at the beginning is your way to save the greatest amount of time in the future and have the most amount of time in your life in a happy, healthy, fulfilling relationship. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, you know, when we we first meet someone, um, your brain chemicals like the dopamine can yep. influence your decisions a lot in the early stages of a relationship, especially when you're super attracted to somebody, right? And then this oh, can yeah. cloud your judgment. Oh, so yeah. it's a good idea to have some strategies in place. And this way, the next time that you meet someone and you start feeling that strong connection or attraction towards them, you won't let it completely take take over, okay, until you actually get to really know them. So very, very important to vet. Now, what are the things that we need to keep in mind before we start looking for a long-term partner? What are those things? Yeah, I, I keep it real simple. We could obviously go really deep on this. I think the biggest thing that I tell clients to keep in mind is that your emotions can lead you astray. And the reason is because we are looking for long-term monogamy and our emotions are designed to get us short-term sort of transactional breeding type relationships. So since you're looking for long-term monogamy, since you're looking for happy, healthy, fulfilling relationship beyond what biology classically does and has forced us to do, you need a couple of extra ingredients. It can't just be chemistry and connection. That can be a great start, but there's two other big ingredients. Both start with C, so they're easy to remember. Number one is compatibility. 
Now, compatibility is something that I think gets talked about more these days, so it's not as forgotten as it used to be. But things like, do you want the same number of kids or do you want kids at all? Do you not want kids? Do you have the same religion? Do you have the same values on health and wealth? It's not liking the same interests or having a, a love of horror movies or whatever in common. It's how your values fit together. But it's really the third C that I get clients to focus on the most, and that is conflict skills. If you're wanting a happy, healthy, successful relationship, it's chemistry, connection, compatibility, and conflict skills. And that is the big one that you're likely going to miss that I see a lot of women miss early in the relationship. It's the big one that you're vetting for. And it's the big one that if you leave out, you will waste an enormous amount of time with the wrong person. So vetting for all three of the C's, no one forgets chemistry and connection. Compatibility generally gets remembered, but sometimes you need to have some difficult conversations about it. But getting the conflict skills part right, crucial. Yeah, I love all of that. And I think some other things that you need to keep in mind as well when you're looking for a partner is you really need to know yourself. You need to know what kind of relationship that you want um, and what qualities, right, are super important. Yeah, Which love ones that. matter, which ones don't matter. You know, make a list of your negotiables, your non-negotiables, yep. and ask those important questions early on, right? Because this is going to save you a lot of yeah. time. Now, you and I have a lot in common. We do that with our clients as well. Yeah. Now, maybe we let's go through maybe some of the questions that we can think about that uh, we can ask that can lead to a, a deeper conversations when you are vetting someone. Do you want to start us off? <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. And obviously, it depends on your deal breakers and preferences and, and what you've got on your list. Mm-hmm. If certain things are more important to you versus others. Um, if it's very early on in a first date, I like to sort of get a feel for, you know, I'm going to apply this to women here. I like to get a feel for women's general emotional skills and, and health by asking things where I share first and then give them an opportunity to share. That can be a really easy way to slide into some more difficult topics. So let's say, for example, you know, you and I are on a date and I ask you, oh, what's something really uh, amazing you learned this year? And you say, I don't know, I learned Spanish or whatever your answer is. What's likely going to happen is you're then going to reflect the question back at me. And I get to then talk about something that's important to me without it being weird. So I could say, you know, I really learned that this is something that's really valuable to me in a relationship. I really learned the importance of boundaries and conflict skills when I was working with my psychologist and how empowered I'm feeling now moving forward. Whatever topic is important to you, you can bring it up after you've asked a more generalized question to the other person once it gets reflected back. So I find that's a really smooth way to do it on a first or second day where you're just getting to know someone. You don't want it to feel too interviewee. And it's so nice to be able to share your true values without being, without feeling like there's a checkbox to tick. So that's one of the things I like to do. I have another question about what's been your best day of the year and why, just to elicit someone's values. Another question is what's some of your best learnings or what did you most learn from a previous relationship? This is very, this is like first date territory, first or second. So it's simple, but it's enough to go, how much does she know? Like how self-aware is she? Because if she says, oh, you know, my boyfriend was just a, just a a a-hole or or whatever, then I have information about how much responsibility she takes. So there's a lot that can be garnered from questions that are quite easy to ask, even in those first two dates. Right. And and how about the kid question? Because I I think the kid question is okay to ask, you know, how do they feel about having children? Do they want to have children? And some people are are afraid to ask that question because they think that they're going to scare the other person away. It's not meant, you know, you're not meant to ask that question because you want to have children tomorrow. You're just asking (laughs) that question because you want to know if if eventually they want to have children, because if they don't, then that's a deal breaker. 
right there. Yeah, it's right? it's one of the most important compatibility areas. So getting that information out early is super valuable. I like to bring it in with the question, where do you see yourself in X years? Hey, yeah. where do you see yourself in X years? And they go, blah, blah, blah. I see myself doing Your this. Your big life goals, yeah. Yeah, big life. Some sort of vision question. Really simple to ask, really easy. Often they will answer and then you get to reflect it back. Yeah, you know, I want to find the right person. That seeds that it's not going to be them. And you say, I want to find the right person. You know, I want to have a family. That's really important to me. I want to do my career, whatever is your goals. It gives you an opportunity to talk about it again. And just adding in that, you know, when I meet the right person who really connects with me, it makes the guy still feel that, okay, she's vetting me right now. She's not like sitting here looking for a sperm donor. And that makes the guy not only lean in, but not feel the need to lean out. So that's how I enter into that territory. And you can also ask too early on as well, like what type of relationship are they looking for? If they're looking for an open relationship, which is on the rise, by the way, uh, and you're not looking for an open relationship, then don't think you're going to change their mind. I don't like that. People do that a lot, right? Oh, you know, just changed their mind. Well, no, they're being honest with you. And generally men, when they do that, right? Men are being honest with you. They usually... Um, say what they mean, right? So yeah, men are very literal with this stuff. Believe them when they say stuff. If they say they're not ready for a relationship, believe them. If they say they're open dating and wanting an open relationship, wanting casual, believe them. Mm-hmm. We've touched on essential aspects of vetting potential partners. Now let's take a short break. Uh, stay tuned as we continue our conversation right after the break. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellata. Uh, we're here with dating coach Mark Rosenfeld, delving into the art of vetting potential partners. Um, so Mark, let's jump right back in and uh, explore how to identify those key qualities in a potential partner. But before we do that, I just want to get into those deeper questions or conversations that we may want to have with a potential partner. Let's just say, all right, you know, the first few dates have gone well. Uh, You both share keen interest in each other and you're like, okay, I want to know a little bit more. Um, What kind of questions do you think we can ask? Yeah. So there's kind of two categories that I think of with vetting. There's the compatibility stuff, which is a little bit easier to ask questions on. That's where I really like to have clients look at, well, what are some of this guy's values around health or finances or religion? So I like the simple question. It's very basic, but like what's important to you in terms of blank? Hey, if you had X money, what would you do with it? How would you spend it? Are you more a savings guy or a spending guy? Yeah, what are you pre- very what are your- important. What are your health habits? Are you a gym goer? Are you not? Now, sometimes you can bring this stuff up in conversation without having to ask directly, hey, I'm going to the gym this week. Do you want to come? Are you a gym guy? And you can sort of finagle it in. I think a lot of the compatibility stuff, so health, wealth, work-life balance, obviously kids, we've spoken a little bit about that, religion, spirituality, those are probably some of the big ones. Even sex, if you're comfortable with the person, you can you can yeah. bring in stuff. You know, would you want to? Are you a long term monogamy type person? Or are you more the type that would eventually want to open a relationship? Do you believe in monogamy? All those compatibility areas, I think, are really really great for questions. See, I would ask those. I would ask that question right off the bat, though. Some of these questions, honestly, like I go right for it. Like I, I have because I feel like I just, you know, you mentioned it 
at the beginning of the show, my time is so valuable. So if we're not on the right page from the beginning, um, I want to get the heck out of Dodge. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, but I think it is important uh, eventually to start asking deeper, you know, questions like, what are you like when you don't get what you want? Honestly here. And, <laughs> mm. and you know, are you uh, open to new ways of looking at things, even if they conflict with your own opinions, right? Like, Deep thought out questions, I think, are important. Or uh, when you feel disconnected with your partner, what do you usually do to get back together? Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. I always coach, Laura, probably a little bit different, but along similar lines. Some of those questions are questions that people can answer very well but then not show up with actions. So when I'm coaching, the other thing I'm always getting clients to do is, okay, you can tell me how you show up under stress. Okay, well, how do you show up when you're stressed? How do you treat your partner when you're stressed? Hey, when you're triggered, how do you, how much are you able to respect your partner? But there's words and actions for me. So I'm always saying, okay, someone can answer some of those questions, but what we're really measuring for here is emotional health and emotional health is not logical. So someone can give you a nice, logical, pleasant answer and say all the right things. But at the end of the day, you need to see them in an emotional state to get action oriented answers to those questions. So I would probably put the caveat that essentially people can have a higher opinion of themselves with some of those questions than what they're actually able to answer on. And that's why when I'm always coaching vetting, it's always words and actions, consistency. How are you lining up with those answers? I'll get a lot of my information about a woman's emotional health without necessarily asking, but also observing her and really trusting my gut on how she shows up in conflict, in trauma, when she's triggered, how consistent is she? There's all sorts of clues that you'll be able to tell a lot of those answers, especially if someone is prone to thinking a little too highly of themselves. Yeah, but most guys aren't PIs like yourself there, Mark. And you probably know a little bit more than most men do about dating and relationships. I think, uh, (laughs) um, don't you think? Yeah, I think I think that's why coaching is so important. So we know what to look for. Exactly. And, you know, that's why, especially around spreading these messages that you and I spread, it's about, hey, let's show them exactly what to look for so that they can really trust their intuitions. Because I'm sure you get this as well. A lot of women, when we interview them or do a discovery call, they had an intuition quite early about the problems. They just didn't follow it or they dismissed it or they ruled it out. A lot of what they observed was spot on at the time. So especially coaching women, the intuition is almost always there for them. They can observe so much more than what they give themselves credit for, but they don't listen to it a lot of the time. And that's how they waste that time. Yeah. And it typically happens when we see somebody that we're very attracted to and we just think they may be the perfect fit, like the perfect match for us. And by the way, there is no such thing as the perfect match for anybody. And then they, or maybe they haven't been in a relationship for a long time and so they meet someone like this and they think, oh, my goodness, you know, like I, maybe I can overlook this red flag or maybe it'll change. Yeah. Maybe I can change them. But we can't change people. No, no, you can't accept him as he is. And if you can't accept him as he is, you shouldn't be with him. Exactly. OK, um, now I'm looking for a relationship. What quality should, should I look for in a person that I want to be in a relationship with? Yeah, I love it. So beyond all the obvious ones, which is what you've written on your deal breakers list and and those types of pieces, the big ones I have clients look for always is consistency. Does he do what he says and says what he does? Yes. (laughs) Consistency. Uh, Number two is what I was alluding to earlier. How does he perform when he's at his worst? 
Anyone can talk a good game when they're on a good day. Any toxic couple can put a nice Instagram photo of their best day and look a million bucks. But you need to see how someone performs on their worst day. You need to see them in conflict, under stress, under tension, when they're triggered. On their bad day, how do they treat you? Because that, at the end of the day, is going to be what determines whether or not the relationship can be healthy. So how does he perform at his worst? Consistency. How does he respond to your boundaries? One of the biggest tests of love and ways to test love, does he dismiss them, avoid them, or does he accept them and respect them? Huge, absolutely huge. There's others, obviously investment, effort, emotional availability, that type of stuff. But those are some of my favorites. I'd love to hear yours. I love that. Yeah, emotional availability, very, very important. Also, consistency was one of my favorites as well. That was the one thing that stood out about my partner now is he was just very, very consistent. And I... And it's getting harder to find that when you're out there in dating. And this is one of the concerns I'm hearing from so many people that are using dating apps is like there's no consistency, right? Um, mm. Somebody who's kind, considerate, respect. For me, respect is so, so important. Somebody that yeah. you trust. Someone who's honest from the beginning. Uh, somebody who makes you feel secure um, as well in, in all aspects of the relationship. Uh, also shared values, are super important. Although, you know, hobbies, they're not as important. I'm a matchmaker yeah, and, and they're, they're okay. To, you know, they're great, but they're not as important yeah. as, uh, you know, shared values are. Uh, but also you hit it on the nail when you said emotional availability. They should be willing to be or and able to share. Willing and able. And support you in yours, right? Yeah. Very important. Yeah. I love that you mentioned security as well, because if someone is frazzling your attachment system to the point where you're overthinking more, getting more anxious, getting yeah. more insecure, that's a big red flag. Now, if you're thinking of committing to someone in marriage, is there a general rule of thumb when it comes to timelines? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. <laughs> yeah, we can get very generalized ones. To get to know somebody. Yeah, again, we can give very generalized ones. My The reason we use time is not just for the sake of time passing. I mean, I've had clients come to me, they say, Mark, I've been in a long distance relationship for three years, we've never met. The reason we use time is so that we can have more experiences and see the person in more environments under more stress and get more information about how well they handle themselves in those uber stressful, tough environments. At the end of the day, the difference between a toxic couple and a healthy couple is not that they don't have trauma. The difference with a toxic couple is they spew their trauma onto each other and those bad moments. So it's really about how much you can see the person under pressure during that time period. I think a safe general rule, very general, is three months for a commitment, exclusivity, two to three months and two to three years for a matrimonial commitment, engagement. But what I care about more with clients is have you seen him at his worst? Has He's seen you at your worst. Yeah. And how do you guys perform as a couple solving problems, working through yeah. conflict, setting boundaries at your worst? I agree with that. It's not, like, I don't believe in love at first sight. I don't. No, I don't know if you do. Do you? No. no. Okay. Because I, I feel like it really does take quite a bit of time. Um, it's not something that happens very quickly. It may take several months. It may take several years. Listen, I hear uh, uh, from ladies, like as a matchmaker, you know, people doing it second time around and they're like, I was married to this guy for 30 years. And I don't even know him. It was like I was wow. with the enemy or something, you know? Um, and I know people like that right now. Like I know this one couple in a relationship and, and and this person doesn't know anything about them. Like they are behind their backs doing this, that, and the other. I don't want to get involved in it because then it always comes back on you. Sometimes it does. And I just don't want to be involved in it. So um, I think it, you know, you're right though. It depends on spending how much 
quality time that you spent together? You know, how many of those honest conversations have you uh, had so that you guys can truly understand each other's characters? Yeah. Uh, What's the biggest problem you've like worked through? That's a favorite question. What's oh. the biggest problem you've worked through as a couple successfully? Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, and so I think, you know, uh, you know, I and I hear so many couples that are dishonest at the beginning of a relationship and then all of a sudden the truth comes out years later and then it's like, "Whoa, you got to be yeah. honest, guys, right from the beginning because it is going to come back to bite you." So be honest always. Um, but we need to take a break, I think. Yeah break time <laughs> more tips to help you vet potential partners you're listening to am640 toronto we'll be right back welcome back to the dating and relationship show with laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca toronto's news today's talk 640 toronto i'm laura Bellotta with Dating coach, the amazing Mark Rosenfeld. You have an impressive, like, what, 250,000 people or uh, followers on YouTube, something like that? It's, yeah, across all platforms, it's about 600, uh, 650K. I think YouTube's about 500. My goodness, I got to take some lessons from you. I'm trying to grow my YouTube right now. (laughs) All right, let's continue our chat on betting. So what should I pay attention to when it comes to how somebody talks and you know, deals with disagreements in the early stages of dating? Disagreements are really important because they're the first conflicts that you'll have and they can happen even before the first date. For example, let's say a guy pushes the boundaries a little bit and he wants to text for two weeks and you have a rule that you only text for a week before you're going on a date or the guy is out. These little disagreements can happen all the time. What's your date location? Are you willing to extend the date? On the second date, are you willing to talk about X topics? So there's so many little opportunities for disagreements. And that's a good thing. Because if we know it to be true that healthy conflict makes the healthy couple, then early disagreements and early little conflicts are early little tests of how healthy you guys can be. So things to watch for, the, the biggest ones is dismissiveness and avoidance. If someone is making comments like you're being dramatic, you're making a big deal, you're being difficult, any time that you are setting a boundary with them, that's a big red flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're putting the blame on you, if they're really saying, well, you know, this is your problem, you're being needy, attention-seeking, validation-seeking, insert insult here if they're saying those things and getting you thinking well maybe i am that's a big red flag and you want to listen to that very closely i think the general concept that i say to clients is are they avoiding it are they dismissing it or are they insulting it if they're doing those things in disagreements you're going to have monstrous problems later on you want to run a mile yeah and a big one for me too is compromising you know do they have the ability to compromise Are they willing to meet you halfway or find middle ground when you have different opinions? Because that's going to come up and it's going to come up often, right? We're two different people. We have two different brains, two different minds. We're not going to think alike. 100%. So that's also a very, very important one. I love how you said uh, something about respecting the boundaries. Oh, my goodness. I am huge. I love that you teach people about boundaries because boundaries for me are everything. I also teach people about boundaries. Listen, you need to teach people how to treat you, okay? If you don't like something and you don't say anything or don't do anything about it and just let them get away with it, guess what, right, Mark? They're going to just do it over and over over again. Unfortunately, life is always looking for opportunities. I want to shake them. (laughs) 
<laughs> life is always looking for ways to push your boundaries. It's the nature of life. You know, if I abandon my house today, it X amount of time, the plants will move in, uh, uh, someone else will move in, my stuff will all get stolen. So there's always going to be boundary tests with life. It's just the nature of life. So you're absolutely right, Laura, and I love the way you put it. You do have to treat teach someone how to treat you. And this is why I'm pushing my clients before they're even in a relationship. Let's see if we can have communicated 100 boundaries before then. Let's see if we can be really good with our healthy conflict and have a bunch of different tests. Because again, if we know it to be true that a couple is as strong as the greatest conflict they've overcome, then let's get some little conflicts going, some little healthy conflicts around boundaries. Boundaries and conflicts go together. Let's get those going early on so that we can vet effectively, filter out the ones that don't respect them and filter in the ones that do. I love it. I love it. Um, are they respectful when they talk to you? You know, do they listen to what you have to say? Do they value your opinions as well? That's also important. You know, uh, do they blame you for everything? I think, did you mention that though? I, yeah. Right, if right? they're putting the blame, oh, this is all your problem. Almost like gaslighting you. Oh, I get yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so many things. Okay. What do I need to know about a person's past relationships and dating history? What do you think is important to know? Yeah. So I think you this don't is want one to of the... too much. Especially <laughs> yeah. on, right? First it's... of all, you don't want to be talking about exes on a first date. And I no, can't believe no. how many people still do it. Honestly, with all the dating material out there, stop talking about your ex on a first it's... date. Stop it. <laughs> it's not a good look. No. Oh. Um, so, Here's the reason we actually care about this. I think it's important to insert the why. The why is we're vetting people for, again, emotional health and conflict health, conflict skills. So if we know a little bit about what happened in their previous relationships, we can garner a lot of clues from where their trauma might be, if it's being handled, and whether or not it's liable to spew or hurt us later on in the relationship. So I'm listening for things for, first of all, when things ended, you're not, again, you might not get this information on the first day, but this is just good general stuff to have an idea around when things ended, why things ended, and how much self-awareness, learning, and responsibility they, they have in it. So on a first date, again, as you said, you can't really talk about much of this stuff. The deepest you can probably go is something like, hey, what's like your favorite learning from a previous relationship? You know, that will open up some of the topics and, and get you talking a little bit there. And if the guy shrugs his shoulders like, oh, I don't know, women can be really needy. I mean, oh my gosh, if a woman said that, immediately she's ruled out because it shows she just doesn't have much emotional self-awareness. It, it's just such a bad answer to that question versus if they give a really intelligent answer, you know, I like had to really learn that I had to set boundaries and I went to therapy to learn that. And yeah, I'm really proud of myself for doing that. It took, took two years to really learn it. Damn, what a great answer. Already we're starting to learn about this person's emotional health and how introspective they are as to their relationships. So I think over time it is healthy to know some of that stuff, but you're not going to know it on probably on a first or second date. It, again, it's a little bit of a feel thing. Um, by the third date, to give some concrete examples, it might be like, hey, like kind of curious, what did you learn from your last relationship? And the person's like, oh, I learned this. When did you guys break up, by the way? Um, hopefully he doesn't say last week, otherwise you should have vetted him on the first day. <laughs> but yeah, you can get into some of those things and you're just listening. You're not just listening for what they say, but you're listening for what they don't say, how they say it, the level of responsibility and why did it end? Is it just being blamed on the ex? Is the person taking that ownership? There's so many clues there that you can pick up from quite subtle things in the way they talk about their previous relationships. I also like to ask about dating experiences, you know, asking about their past dates, because um, this this can also give you an idea of what they like um, and the challenges they may have faced. What do you think about that? 
I personally don't do that a lot. I more want to focus on I'm vetting you and, and do I like you? If the person comes out complaining a lot about dating, oh, you know, men are blank or women are blank, that's kind of a red flag to me that they're not yeah. having the best experiences. That's when I dig deeper, though, because I'm just like, okay, okay. Yeah, you can definitely bring curiosity to it. At that point, I'd be labeling yeah. an orange flag for sure, though, because if you're blaming the other gender for your experience or the other sex for your experience, eh, it's probably not going to be a fit. Um, yeah, in terms of other questions about dating, I don't want to focus too much on previous just because for me it's it can feel like a comparison. And I understand that's not what's the intention, but sometimes it can feel like that on the receiving end, on the delivery. And I'm more trusting my intuition to go, I'll figure you out without needing to know too much about your previous guys you've dated or slept with. It's it's not the most valuable information to me. Well, Relationship we information. Know how many people you slept with? We don't need to know body. Oh no, who cares? I, I don't I have no idea how many people my partner slept with, and she doesn't I know. Either. I, I never asked that question. Who cares? I think it's, it's such a stupid question to ask. Like, what what do you want them to say? Do you want them to say oh three hundred? Like, do you want them to yeah, say oh five? Do you want them to I, say no? I'm a virgin. Like, what would you like? How would you like them to answer that? I mean, I just say if you're already asked, if you're asking that question, you're already insecure. So. Listen to that. And if you're insecure, don't base it off how many they've slept with. Base it off your instincts, which are obviously telling you something. Exactly. All right. We uh, we don't have a lot of time uh, before the break, but, you know, I know that healthy boundaries is one of your specialties. So can you give us some examples of healthy boundaries and how to establish them early on in a relationship? Yeah, you want to have them for every phase. And there's a lot more than what you think that are possible. For example, I gave the example earlier, the pre-date, you can have what's the length of time that you're okay to, to talk to before someone organizes a date? What's the number of texts that you're okay to have? What do you prefer to go to a phone or a straight in-person date? There's there's even a bunch of boundaries before you've even met the person. You know, on a date, are you okay with the first date being extended? Are you okay with certain date locations? Are you okay with certain conversations? There's all sorts of different permutations. I mean, I could list so many of them that yeah, you can we, have you around know what? Don't worry, we can go into this in the next segment. So you can Okay. We cool. got lots of time. Do we have time for a couple of examples yeah, we have, now? Yeah, we have a couple. Yeah. Yeah. So especially in those early phases, the pre-date and first date, if you can get your boundaries done using play, it's the most confident way to get things done. People who are playful, if you, you see the same in animals, people who are in a playful state are relaxed. And if you can get things done while you are relaxed, you appear the most confident. So the first sort of base with boundaries unless someone really oversteps then you have to be more serious or we just let them go but if someone's kind of getting to near the edge of the boundary you want to be playful first and a socially astute person will pick up on that and course correct so let's say that the guy is texting too much and there's too much time passing but you know it's getting to that week which is your boundary you might say something you might send him a text or something like sir sir you know extend it i know you like me because you've been chatting to me for a week but i think you may have forgotten to ask me out something cute like that, or, hey, you, I'm not actually a huge texter, but I'd be delighted to share all of that with you in person with a cute little, you know, hand emoji. If you can get your boundaries done using play, it's going to land a lot better than, hey, we've been chatting for a week and you haven't asked me out yet what's going on. Yeah. It's going to land better if you if you can get it done with play. We can continue this conversation when we come back. We are chatting with dating coach Mark Rosenfeld. Um, we'll be right back.
listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News. Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellata, your host from singleinthecity.ca. We're continuing our conversation with dating coach Mark Rosenfeld on vetting potential partners. Uh, before the break, you were giving some examples of healthy boundaries and how to establish them early on in relationships. And I'm, I think you have a lot more to say. So let's continue that conversation. You have. The- yeah. I'm a huge fan of setting boundaries well, because it's one of the skills you can really work on. And it makes such an enormous difference when you're good at it. So I generally use the three strikes policy with clients, which is aim to set the boundary playfully. If it doesn't work or isn't received, set the boundary in calm, neutral terms. And then if that doesn't work or isn't received, you're going to have to set the boundaries with actions. So there are, are there situations where someone steps over a boundary too far and it's not appropriate to be playful? Yeah, there are. Sometimes if someone, you know, you match with someone and they immediately blow up your phone, there are times where you go straight to action boundaries and you just stop replying. But in a lot of cases, what will happen is a man will kind of get into that orange zone where he's getting close to your boundary, but he hasn't like long jumped over it to the point where he's disrespectful. He's just kind of getting near the edge. And if you can, especially for women, A lot of what you do is training men how to treat you kind of the same way you train a dog. It's by giving positive (laughs) feedback, making the guy feel good when he does what you want. And it's a little bit of withdrawing your beautiful energy when he doesn't. So the way that this is why I'm a huge fan of playful boundaries, because like, let's say he wants to extend the first date and it's your boundary that you don't do that. You know, instead of saying, well, it's just my boundary that I don't do that. I mean, it's fine. It'll get the job done, but it's a little bit jarring. And you can show more confidence by saying like, hey, you must think I'm really attractive to want to extend the date. Yeah, do you? You think I'm really cute, don't you? To extend the date. <laughs> I yeah. do, I do. I, You're cute. <laughs> I, right. I can't do it today, but I would love to go on a second date. So you've said it in a more playful, affectionate way. Um, let's say, you know, you're on the third date and he starts talking about a trip six months from now and you go, okay, I like you, but that's getting a little bit ahead. You're in the orange zone of my boundary now. Instead of just saying, hey, uh, I'd feel more comfortable if we didn't you know, project so far ahead at this time. Again, you can do it. It's fine. It'll work, but it's not as confident as if you can do it playfully. So for example, if you were to say, so it's the third day and we're planning trips together. You must really like me. You must really, you must think I'm really cute. Well, I appreciate that. Let's wait until the sixth or seventh day before we plan our life together. Shall we? Shall we wait a little bit? Just give it some time. I mean, you might end up thinking I'm weird. You know, you can deliver with play, get the same job done, and a socially astute man will pick up on it and go, oh, I see what she's communicating here. I get it. Cool. I'll back off. If the guy's not quite as socially astute, a bit more pushy, you'll need to go to that calm delivery, which is like, hey, yeah, I'm just not really comfortable talking about that now. And then if the guy still pushes it, you have to back your boundaries with actions at that point, and that's where you've had. Yeah. Um, And also, like... I think communicating your needs and wants early on is also important when it comes to boundaries. Wouldn't you say? Um, like, for example, like, um, if somebody wants time for themselves, right? Some people are just like that. You know, yeah. I, you might be able to say something like, uh, you know, I value having some alone time to recharge. It's important for me to have a little uh, a space occasionally, right? Yeah. Um, and you yeah, establish that. that by communicating your needs for alone time early on. Like, don't do it, you know, two months down the road, um, especially when you have been spending, you know, a lot of time with this person, and all of a sudden you want your own space. And then they're going to take a step back and go, is there something wrong? Did I do something wrong? Like, right, right, you know? 
If you've communicated those early, then the person knows what to expect there. And it makes everything later a whole lot smoother, as you're saying. You can even write them down and say, hmm, what couple of things do I want to make sure I get across on this day that I like my alone time and that I'm really close to my dog. And sometimes I will, you know, that maybe the dog's old and needs a lot of care. So sometimes the dog will come first. So you communicate those things early when you're talking about, for example, hey, what's important to you right now? Simple question. You go, actually, you know, my dog is one of the things that's really important to me. And I do have to spend a lot, do choose to spend a lot of time at home at the moment to take care of him and look after him in his elder years. So He's, a, he's one of the big priorities. So you can find ways to communicate this and bring it in and show that it's important early, as you say, Laura, very wise. And all right, so we're in a relationship. Things seem to be going okay. Uh, how can I spot and handle any behaviors that might not be uh, good for me in a relationship? I think it goes back to a lot of what we've been saying, Laura. When you're speaking up about things early and often, pre-first date, first date, and getting into those habits early, the goal is to be in a couple where you are able to problem solve together and have those conversations without it being weird or awkward or someone's going to run away and leave the relationship because you have them. So the most powerful thing you can do is establish that happen early, sorry, establish that habit early so that later on you feel comfortable bringing stuff up without being unloved or without the guy abandoning you. It does come back to boundaries, to recognizing it and to speaking up on it. It does come back to trusting your intuition and getting the words out of your mouth. It's just sometimes they get caught in your throat. You just just got to say it sometimes. But really, keep this rule in mind. A relationship is about as good, not just as the problems you've overcome, like we were talking about earlier, but as the difficult conversations you've been able to have. So it's actually going to strengthen you. Yeah, and Uh, also, like, if you're questioning the relationship, like, ask somebody uh, that you know for their perspective. You know, you can talk to a trusted family friend um, or a family member or a friend, you know, about your concerns. And then they may offer an an outside perspective and help you determine if the behavior is unhealthy. I mean, I do it all the time and I teach people about dating, but sometimes when you're in it, you just don't see it the same way. Do you agree, Mark? Like you find that when you're in something, you're a little bit more clouded, but then you can see clearly into somebody else's life and you're able to give them advice and go, what are you doing? Right? So sometimes I get a little unclear about things and I'm just like, Hey, I pick up the phone and I'm just like, what do you think about this? There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. I perspectives from others. I would totally agree. I think there's a couple of things I'd add as well. Make sure you know your audience. Some of you or some of my clients might be coming to us. And one of the reasons you're coming is the people around you haven't been empowering you. If this is your first time listening to a coach or your first time asking for help, I have many clients that are in family situations that are pretty damn disempowering. So do be aware of your audience and get a general selection of a few different audience members that you trust, maybe have healthy relationship habits themselves. And the other thing you can do if you're really wanting to take your own BS off a situation, a favorite coaching question of ours, I'm sure that you use it, is, okay, what would you tell a friend in this situation? Your friend's going through this exact situation. What advice would you give to her? That just removes the cloud of your own emotions and gets you to act really from your logical brain and your intuitive brain rather than your fear emotional brain. Uh, Let's talk about your book a little bit. Um, What is the, uh, like, let me find it again. What, what, why don't you just tell us what's the title of your book again? Tell us a little bit about it and what inspired you to write this book. 
So the book is Make Him Yours, Beating the Odds of Modern Dating. And I really wanted to take the ladies through a process where they can go from working on themselves to understanding men, to meeting, dating, and attracting the one. So it's basically that whole process of self-improvement through to exclusive relationship. And there's a little bit of early relationship stuff at the end. It also includes a ton of bonuses that I've now put into my Queen's Club, which is a free membership group where my courses are available. So it's pretty cool. It's it's got all this bonus content, lots of worksheets, lots of stuff to do. There's background courses, there's vision courses, lots of the stuff that I've done with my own clients. So there's some really good stuff in there. The book's available also on Audible. I'm not a physical book person myself, not anymore anyway. I used to be. But if you are more of a listening person like myself, you can grab it on Audible and I guess hear more of the Aussie accent. I love it. You know, and you said something about um, the importance of understanding yourself before you start dating again, right? That's in your book. I also have a book called single in the city and i just someone asked me last night they're like is it audible and i'm like no i need to make it you have to do it it's so good i know um but i want to actually want to revamp the book first so i want to revamp it because there's a few things like i want to change around some things and then i want to add some things so that's why oh my gosh revamping is longer than writing it in my experience writing it's easy and then you go revamp you go i want to change this and this and this and a year later you're going god i want to change more stuff yeah. So this quickly, because we don't have a lot of time left, but I, because, you know, I, I talk about that in my book as well, but I want to hear from you. Why is it so important to understand yourself before you put yourself back out there and start dating again, Mark? Because it helps you know what you want, because it helps you close the gaps and mistakes that you might've made in your last relationship. And ultimately it helps you save time because if you know where your gaps are, where your skills are, what you want to need, you're going to be able to go in with a fresh coat of paint, so to speak, a fresh mindset, which ultimately saves you time, gets you in a better future relationship and means that any traumas that you might've had are not going to repeat. And that is the last thing you want. All right. Thank you for tuning in to the Dating and Relationship Show. We hope that our discussion on vetting potential partners has equipped you with the knowledge to make more informed choices in your dating journey. We want to hear from you guys. Call us on our studio line and share your relationship successes and fails or, you know, just ask your burning questions. Leave us a message at 416-966-7280, 416-966-7280. And you might appear on our future show. Now, remember, the right match is all about asking the right questions and understanding yourself better. Uh, Mark, where can people learn more about you and find you? Yeah, you can go to my, my website, makehimyours.com, or you can find me in the Queen's Club. The best place to probably find that, though, is actually via the website if you click on community. So head to makehimyours.com. That's going to be your best starting point. And you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, official Laura Bellotta, also single in the city dating on Instagram. And guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And to listen to past podcasts, you can also visit our website at uh, Global News and also on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Again, thank you for tuning in each and every week. Ciao for now. 